0: Hello everyone, it's Karen Hunt, a.k.a. K.H. Majek. I'm sitting here with a beautiful view out my 15th floor window at Phoenix, these incredible mountains beyond, and it's helped me to write this uh, essay, this piece that I wanted to write, although I was working on something else. I was working on, uh, I think, a series of three essays about the biomedical security state. I got sidetracked to write this because, you know, things happen in the news and what can I do? So this is called Sam Bankman frieds Fall from Grace, The Magical Mystical Gurus of Crypto Bitcoin and All They Promise. First of all, I don't like to say, I told you so, but okay, maybe I do. Back in May, I wrote about the eight confirmed suicides tragically connected with the downfall of Luna and Terra. I've also written essays on the topic of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, some of which I will reference here. This week we witnessed the downfall of one of cryptocurrencies' shining stars, 30-year-old FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried, or SBF as he likes to be called. On Thursday, SBF apologized. I fucked up, he confessed in a lengthy Twitter thread, apologizing to investors and customers of FTX, the exchange platform he founded, in 2019. According to Market Insider, Binance was in talks to take over FTX, but the deal fell through less than 24 hours after they began due diligence on friday the wall street journal reported that fdx and its associated companies was facing an eight billion dollar shortfall overnight sbf's personal fortune was wiped out to the tune of 14.6 billion dollars for this sbf is shocked he admits that he would had he should have given more clarity but his hands were tied well you get the idea There seems to be a few pleas for amnesty going on these days, and they're not just about the pandemic. Some people, like Galaxy Digital CEO Mike Novogratz, are comparing FTX to biotech startup Theranos. You know, we basically have a situation that looks like Theranos, he said, and does it feel illegal? We'll see. It certainly seems immoral. Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes was convicted of fraud earlier this year after her company, once valued at $9 billion, collapsed when it was discovered that its Edison blood testing machines never actually worked. According to the Wall Street Journal, it appears that FTX took billions of dollars worth of money and loaned it out to its sister firm Alameda to raise high risk, to fund high-risk bets. Bloomberg columnist Matt Levine describes it in a way I like because magic is what it's all about. FTX took its customers' money and traded it for a pile of magic beans, and now the beans are worthless. Well, I remember reading articles about SBF. He was really different. He was called the world's most generous billionaire. He liked to say his purpose in life was to make money, to give money, make money to give money. Well, that didn't turn out to be true. The team of FTX Future Fund, one of the exchange giant's philanthropic philanthropic arms, wrote that they were devastated, that it looks like there are many committed grants that the Future Fund will be unable to honor. That's odd, since their website says, Let's build a flourishing future! Ironically, FTX Future Fund represents everything the Build Back Better agenda approves of. It has donated to health, pollution, and climate initiatives. The FDX Future Fund has supported moonshot projects in fields like biosecurity and AI safety focused on long-term improvements for humankind. In March, FTX said it was going to deploy $1 billion through the Future Fund at a rate of $100 million a year. Wow, big, beautiful dreams up in smoke as impossible to achieve, as murky and ill-conceived as the entire green energy and health and safety cons that billions of people are eagerly buying into around the world. We are so sorry it has come to this, Come to this. the letter continued. To the extent that the leadership of FTX may have engaged in deception or dishonesty, we condemn that behavior in the strongest possible terms. We believe that being a good actor in the world means striving to act with honesty and integrity. Bankman fried has now resigned as CEO of FTX and the firm is filing for bankruptcy. Wow, There are now over 10,000 active cryptocurrencies in existence. Many of these are known for their pump and dump or rug pull scams. The scammers make money for themselves while taking advantage of investors. CNET describes one such example. Last month, a group began selling coins based on the hit Netflix show Squid Game. The squid coins had no ties to the show or Netflix, but that didn't stop many from jumping on the hype train, causing the value to go from one penny to $2,800 and then free fall back down to pennies minutes later. This resulted in the scammer making $2 million, while those who purchased the coin lost money. If you want to learn more, I encourage you to read Cryptocurrency Pump and Dump Schemes What You Should Know About These Scams, and I have a link in my essay to that. Now, am I the only one noticing a pattern here? I know what I'm saying might not be popular with a lot of people who have invested into Bitcoin and or cryptocurrency. The the terms are interchangeable, but they are different, but they don't go into that in this essay. And I would be the first to congratulate you if you have made money or feel good about your interactions. This is a warning to keep in the back of your mind. If you've read my previous essays on the topic, you won't be surprised by my stance. At the head of the leading cryptocurrency giants, there most often seems to be a charismatic, eccentric guru. At some point in recent history, each one of those gurus waved a magic wand and poof, their product came into being and they generously offered it to you and me. Of course, they kept a large portion for themselves. That's only natural. To name some of these gurus, well, we already named SBF and look how far he has fallen. We must start at the very, very top. Let's start with Bitcoin founder, Satoshi Nakamoto. Bitcoin enthusiasts speak of the Bitcoin and its founder in almost messianic terms. It is seen as the antithesis of the central bank digital currency CBDC governments are hellbent on ushering in. Certain buzzwords are repeated, decentralization, frictionless, borderless, equitable democratization. To quote my essay, Bitcoin, The Dirty Business of Clean Energy, a shadowy figure by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto is credited with penning the original Bitcoin white paper and with inventing Bitcoin itself, minting the first Bitcoin. This person or group of persons remained elusively in the shadows, offering advice to followers in cryptic messages like a guru communicating from the cloud. The last correspondence with Nakamoto was in 2010 in an email to another crypto developer saying that he they had cryptically moved on to other things. Investopedia noted that it is estimated that the value of Bitcoins under Nakamoto's control, which is thought to be more than $1 in number, may exceed $50 billion in value. Given that the maximum possible number of Bitcoins generated is 21 million, Nakamoto's stake of 5% of the total Bitcoin holdings has considerable market power. Next, let's talk about Jack Dorsey. Bitcoin changes absolutely everything, Dorsey, Dorsey said back in 2021. I don't think there are any, there is anything more important in my life to work on. In 2018, he predicted that Bitcoin will eventually become the world's single currency, and in 2020, his company Square purchased about $50 million in Bitcoin. Recently, Dorsey left Twitter to devote his life to Square, or what is now known as Block. In a move that shows his lighter side, Dorsey says he is not the CEO, but the Blockhead. Dorsey and Block deserve an entire essay all to themselves. It's a fascinating duo, and I cannot delve into it as deeply as it deserves here. But I'll just give you this one interesting tidbit of info. Within Block is a developer platform focused on Bitcoin called TBD54566975, or TBD for short. Naturally, the name itself set off a flurry of speculation within the Bitcoin community. What does it mean? Everyone wanted to know. Theories abounded. Suffice it to say, this fed into the mystique already surrounding Bitcoin. And Talking just a bit about amnesty, going back to that, I can't help but notice that back in January of 2021, before Dorsey became the blockhead, as he calls himself now, and when he was still head twit, as Elon Musk calls himself, his Twitter policy people tweeted this. Ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open internet. To which many people replied, like Sarah A. Downing, The context in which you're making this tweet is one of the most hypocritical stances I've seen on free speech possibly ever. Because, of course, anyone who disagreed with Dorsey's liberal stance or was spreading misdisinformation was being silenced on Twitter. I know. I got permanently banned myself. Let's move on to Michael Saylor. Bitcoin is elegantly engineered to overcome the limitations of gold. That's Michael Saylor. Saylor is an MIT graduate and the co-founder and CEO of the business intelligence firm MicroStrategy. He calls Bitcoin freedom and the most universally desirable property in space and time. Described as a Bitcoin evangelist at Bitcoin Miami in 2022, he instructed thousands of cheering fans to never sell their crypto. Then we have Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin. Perhaps the most creative guy of all would be Buterin. The inspiration for his soul-bound tokens with which you would buy and sell and Prove Your Identity came from the first ever tabletop role-playing game set in the Warhammer Age of Sigmar, one of the most exciting fantasy settings ever created. It gets creepy though. The actual term soulbound refers to a blood contract between a shaman and their shikigami that permits them to match soul wavelengths. Here's how Cubicle 7 Games describes soulbound set in the Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Soulbound lets players explore and roleplay in the mortal realms. The mortal realms are filled with gods and monsters, demons and demagogues, and regular people trying desperately to survive in an endlessly cruel world. The Soulbound are an ancient order dating back to the Age of Myth. In the Age of Chaos, the Soulbound faded into memory. Now the Lost Order is being resurrected and the Soulbound once more walk the mortal realms. To be soul bound is to have your essence entwined with others. Binding your souls together, becoming soul bound, is a phenomenally painful process, one which not everyone survives. Those that do are bound together, their souls linking to create a powerful tether or conduit that allows them to draw upon each other's essence, protecting them from the servants of Nagash, the god of death. While there are soulbound all across the mortal realms, each binding is made up of only a handful of individuals. These smaller groups work covertly, slipping into places unnoticed where other servants of order may not. And You can read more about that in my essay, Soulbound. So that's all I've got for now. I am sure more dramas will be unfolding as the battle between decentralization and government CBDCs heats up. And actually, that's what I'm writing about now, so I'll get back to it. Thank you so much for reading, for listening, and God bless you all.